This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 117 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we share our favorite training and riding tips. The breed of the show is the hamster. Critter Nutrition focuses on the next generation of probiotics. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, if your dog or horse was a fashionista, what would he or she wear? Listen in. Tigger. And I'm Patty. <laughs> and Patty always has to think about who she is. And I'm Coach Jen. I'm the producer of this here circus. And welcome back to Healthy Critters Radio, where we get to geek out on keeping our critters healthy. This time, Tigger and Patty were unprepared for this evening's entertainments. So once again, I get to ask them a question because they didn't do their homework. And today's question is... I thought it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, can't wait. Okay, this question goes. Well, I'm ready. Everybody's heard of spring cleaning. It's it's been around since uh, mm-hmm. since the Roundhouse. Well, there's also since fall. The cl- there's fall cleaning, and I want to know mm-hmm. Tigger and Patty what your annual autumn projects are. The things that you have to do every year at the end of summer, horse horse related or not. That there's something in your life that's okay. At the end of the summer, this has to happen. When I lived up north, it's, it was different than what it is now that I live in Florida because mm, yeah, know, for sure things yeah. get rolling at this time of year. But I remember back in, in the day when we lived up north, the process of putting away all of the summer horse gear, the fly mess and the fly sheets and the 40 million different fly sprays and all that nonsense that went with it. And a lot of the bathing supplies, because we didn't do a whole lot of bathing up there in the wintertime, was an annual event. And we, we had a tendency to scrub it all down and put it all away nice and clean so that it was nice to pick, take out again in the springtime. So, Tigger, how about you? Do you have you have things that have to happen at the Tigger household at the end of summer? It's when I go through my wardrobe and start donating to the Salvation Army. Oh, that's awesome! I do it twice a year, spring and fall. Oh, that's great. That's a great way to do oh, it, awesome. too. Because then, because otherwise, you end up with that. And then you make room that, for more stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You end up with that pair of slacks or that skirt that you you wore once three years ago, and you just keep looking at it. Yeah. And you th- and I think, well, I know I- I'm one of these people that that says, you know, I might have to wear that to a funeral, or I might have to wear that to a wedding, <laughs> and so I hang on to it. But then I've I've just disciplined myself that if I haven't worn it. In a year or two, it goes to yeah, Salvation Army. It can go somewhere else. Now, when you take your yeah, things to be donated, do you get the receipt? Or you just drop them off and run. I just drop them off. Yeah, I haven't got the time. It's like I just just, just take it. It's yours. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Just take it. And I make a point of not going to Salvation Army, not using the other whatever what's it called. There's another donation. They've uh, branches all over the U.S. Goodwill's um, a popular one. Good, yes. Goodwill. Yeah. I I don't mm-hmm. that guy makes a billion dollars a year <laughs> who owns it. And, and there's, um, it's amazing how many 
communities have small com- community or regional outfits that are very yes proactive. and churches yeah churches will will take mm-hmm. them and especially now at the hurricane i uh, i've got a nice big box and and I, and as i do this i'm also getting ready or thinking in my mind of what has to go to florida so what has to go to florida and what has to come out for the winter and so it's it's a whole that's a whole process the um the horse stuff i pretty much do what you do i you know make sure all the masks are washed and and fly sheets and, and put away but it's too early now I, I, we're at least a m- month or more away from getting and, that done yeah end of fly season yeah, yeah you're too far south for end of fly season yeah. how about you patty do you have a do you have something that happens in your family or household every yeah end of every summer well sort of the same thing with the horses for sure like you know you kind of get to the point where you start to you know you put the blankets away and then you start to get them back out you know obviously for here it's nice because that doesn't happen for a little bit longer. Actually, you know, where I am is very similar to Charlottesville. You know, it, it can be within, it, it, you know, in the summer, it's obviously hotter, but it, and it doesn't get as cold, but it can get cold. So we start to, you know, bring stuff out probably October-ish. And, but when my kids were little, I used to always have to, I, I would have, you know, I had three kids and two of them were girls. So I would have like all of their summer stuff that I'd put in a, in a, you know, a trunk that either I was going to give to one of my nieces and then get out the next, like the next year's like winter or autumn clothes. So that's same thing, like what you were saying, Tigger, but just like for my, for my kids. And then I would either that or I'd give them away. But, you know, I, 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 and I fortunately don't have to do this, but I used to always have for myself, I'd have a trunk of, like all my winter clothes, I, I, just, I used to love turtlenecks. Do you guys remember turtlenecks? I love turtlenecks. I, mean, I still awesome. wear so them. Love I love them. Yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah, but I would have my trunks with turtlenecks and I'd replace those out with, you know, all my polo shirts or whatever. So just a very similar type of thing where I would just kind of go through that whole process. But I, the thing, the thing for me is I tend to wear the same amount like the same clothes every year until you can't. And I really take very good care of my stuff. So like I can wear them for a long time, but the one thing that I'll do at every season when I start to pull out these different clothes is that's when I start to purge just because I'll go through stuff like all my, you know, my hangers and whatever. I'll be like, I, I bought that two years ago. I'm not wearing it. And then I'll put it together and I'll, you know, bring it to a church or whatever and donate it. So similar, but, um, I don't, I'm not as good about getting rid of stuff. It takes me a little bit longer because I'm like, I am certain I'm going to wear that this year. And then, I, you know, if I don't wear it, my thing is if I haven't touched it in two years, I'm not going to do it. And I'm just going to, I'm going to get rid of it. The other thing that I do is I make sure everything is on plastic hangers and I get really funky, weird about, oh my gosh, I don't have enough hangers. <laughs> and they, ha- they have to be plastic. <laughs> Now, are they all the same color of plastic, or are they allowed to be assorted? Oh no, I like assorted colors. Of course, I don't. I don't hang things. I don't say, oh, all the shirts are on blue ones, and I don't care about that. But I really have this. uh, I I don't. You know, wire hangers, mommy dearest. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I even saw a wire hanger. Oh, dry cleaners. They still use wire hangers. (laughs) There you go. 
so everybody's got fly sheets for their horses these days. Do either of you have your fly sheets professionally laundered, or do you guys just you throw them in the washing machine at home? Throw them in the washing machine. Patty? Well, and I'll tell you, I actually don't use fly sheets here. Interesting. So where I am, I don't. We're very, very, very fortunate because it's I, I, it's the first time in my entire life that I don't have 20 horses in a barn. I have six. And it's very easy to control the fly population. And the problem is, like here, when we go to turn out at night, it's still hot enough that if you put a fly sheet on, they're just going to get too hot. Yeah. So we're pretty for, and there's always a breeze. So if they're fly sprayed, I just turn them out and I don't put fly stuff. Now, some of my clients that are around here do, but just where I, we happen to be, it, we just, it, it's kind of nice. You, Cause I, I really love, I it. hate you, Patty. I mean, just I, saying, I just hate you. <laughs> I hate the way you, I, I hate where I, you live. As I hate I you. Was saying it, as I was saying it, I felt it, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, and I, you should be jealous because I just, I just, um, I'm very lucky. We just haven't, cause I have fly sheets and all this, the, the whole nine yards and I haven't had to do it. There you so. go. Now, what do you do, Jennifer? For my, my end of the season things. One of the things I love to do at the end yeah. of the season is take everything out of my tack and feed room because my tack room and feed room is one big room. And I take it all out and I make it, put uh-huh. it in a giant heap and I, I purge, I'd like you do with, the, your, with your outfits. And it's like, okay, this, I haven't used this. I'm tired of looking at it. And I put it all in a big box and take it to one of the local therapeutic riding centers. They, they'll take in everything and then they take it to a big yard sale and sell it for 25 cents a piece and stuff. So well, I take great. all that out. And one of the things I don't do anymore, but we used to back in the day, is I used to love jump painting parties in, at the end of the season because the jumps had been beat up all summer long and they looked terrible. Yeah. And as the weather chills off a little bit, it's, it's great fun to, to paint all the jumps in the, and new arena letters and all those kinds of things. And our fly sheets yeah. get washed in the washing machine at home. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that was fun and interesting, ladies. See, that's what happens when you don't come that with your homework. Yes, so, that's right. Well done. <laughs> so after we're cleaning, actually, it was reorganizing a drawer that, that made me think about something that a coach had said to me years ago. And I thought, wow, I hadn't thought about that in ages. Maybe that would be something to share unhealthy critters. So that was the inspiration, uh, funny enough, for our roundtable discussion. Mm. And? Which I thought was a good one. Thank you. You know, sharing our favorite training or or riding tips or sayings that we've learned from other Mm -hmm. horsemen. There we go. Yeah. Who's going first? Oh. I'm just like, and I'm... Waiting. Tigger, okay, Tigger. So, Tigger, so you brought it up, girl. Yes, I, I know, I know. So, this, so, so, what I was thinking as I was reorganizing this drawer was something that Chef Janssen said to me at least a hundred times: "Ride like your corners." And I remember oh, yeah. when I first heard the first ten or twenty times he said it. I'm thinking to myself, "Well, yeah, I just went through the corner. What's what?" the big deal and <laughs> and what he meant by ride your corners was use your corners yes 
And, you know, when you think about life in general, using corners is really a kind of a profound statement. Like, don't run so hard or so fast straight that you forget the bend, Mm. that you forget to the other part of the path, which for me is the short side of a rectangle. Mm. Mm. So that's what I was thinking about and remembering how many times he had to tell me that before I really understood how profound and I will say difficult riding a good corner is to have balance and and the preparation and the self-carriage in in that well, and, 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 and tests are won or lost. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson. How about so you, Patty? You're very, oh, you know, I, I, I guess what, well, sort of the same thing about the corner corners are big things. One of my favorite was Robert, what Robert used to say is he, and we're referring to Robert that? Dover. <laughs> Robert Dover, and he'd be like, "What was that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, "That was my version of a corner," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Again, another life lesson. You know, there's a lot of life uh, yeah, lessons tr- in riding. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. And one of the things that I like that I always uh, try to say is when you're when you're training, like when I'm telling like clients that are you know training when you're not doing your lessons. Always try to train happy. Always try to train happy in a way that you make the horse want to come back out and do it the next day. And if you don't know what that is, go for a walk. If you can't figure out what that is, just go for a walk. That's really you know, good to, advice. Just to try to make it. Well, it's it's you know it's hard to do because a lot of people. I mean, this is a sport of ambition and you know wanting to get ahead and wanting to win and wanting to win in those corners. And so the thing is, is that it's all the tiny little details that make up the big things. And it is important to stop, take a breath. And if you can't do it that one day, you just, one of my favorite stories, and I don't know who it was, but somebody went to go watch Isabella Vert train somewhere, a train. And I don't know what she was working on, but she tried a couple of times and, you know, these people had come all this way to come and watch her and do whatever. And she just looked at them and she goes, Today's not the day. And she just went out for a walk. And I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love that kind of mindset. So, you know, I you, just, Jen? go ahead, Tigger. You oh, finish up Tigger? first. You had a thought. I, I can tell. I, I just had a thought that when we feel like our life has gotten us into a corner, when you think about riding through a corner, that's really how you get out of feeling in your life like you're in a corner. You know, how can you use that to mm. propel yourself out of it? What What do you need in terms of balancing? What do you need to half halt yourself? You know, where is your yeah. own oh, balance yeah. in when you're feeling cornered or um, to me? <laughs> so I, I wanted to share it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that, that's interesting the because is, the, the a, horse, a horse can feel trapped into a corner too. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the rider can feel like they're in a in a corner, whether it is directly related to the horse or not. Sometimes you feel like you're stuck into a corner and it 
spills over into your horse life. And sometimes you feel like your horse life is stuck in a little corner. But I think oftentimes horses feel like they're trapped in that corner and we don't realize they feel that way. Yeah. And then things can go bad in a hurry. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Good, good insight. I like it. Yeah. There's so many interesting little bits mm-hmm. and pieces that I've heard because I get to do all these podcasts with different people. I think maybe one that's stuck with me that is not as common is how variety in the training process makes it better. Cross training, a lot of people call it, where you have, and like I know with Patty, you do this a lot. You you can take your horses outside that dressage arena and train yeah. elsewhere, mm-hmm. and it makes their performance inside the arena better. But that can, and a lot of people only think think of, well, a dressage horse, okay, if you hack him out and do some ground poles with him, that's going to make his performance better. I can see the logic in it. But sometimes it's not so direct a correlation. You can take a horse that maybe is a dressage horse and take him out and let him learn how to move cows around. That could change his Mm -hmm. performance because it's doing things for his body and his brain. You can take an endurance horse and teach him basic dressage and even compete in basic dressage or maybe even higher level dressage. It's going to make his endurance better because it's doing things for his body and his brain that endurance all by itself can't. And I think I've really come to appreciate how that variety of doing different things that don't seem to relate to your primary goal really can get you much further towards that goal in a much happier fashion. You know, rather than pulling your hair out getting there and gnashing your teeth getting there, you get there and go, oh, that was kind Mm -hmm. of a fun little moment we had there. And I think that's one of the the more recent ones and one that really sticks with me every time I go out and work with my horse. You know, and I was a little kid and I was riding ponies and we were learning to jump. I was on Bill Steinkraus's old pony named Foxtrot, who at that point was in his 30s. And, oh, and we were, we were just learning, you know, to go over cross rails and he would dump riders like nobody's busy. He'd just stop and we'd fly over his head and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so you really kind of learned <laughs> about, about, you know, that the pony still has to go forward. And, and I remember this one lesson and, and I had graduated from Foxtrot to a pony named Mince and, we were doing, you know, a, like a little grid, you know, it was maybe a three or four stride. It was an X to a vertical. And I remember the, tr- the trainer, the coach saying, throw your heart over the fence and follow it. Oh, wow. And, mm. you know, later when I started, you know, eventing and, I I I use that image on a lot of cross country fences because it kind of helped me get out of my own way because then I was just focused on following. I could see my heart going over the fence and I was just going after it. So I That's thought that was cool. really a that. cool Yeah, I, yeah. And I think I don't know for sure, but I think that came from CW Anderson. Mm. Yeah, no, see, now I'm going to have to go look it up. 
Here I come. C.W. Anderson was a, a artist. Yes, I, I had his books. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yes, I, I copied all those little pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes. Little tracing paper. Yeah, notebook yeah. after notebook after notebook yep. of uh, little horsey heads and stuff. Yep, yep. Well, that was fun and interesting mm. stuff, ladies. That so, was, yeah, if, that was if our listeners have some some really great tips that you have learned in your your horseman's journey. Send us a postcard or contact us on healthycrittersradio.com. Hello. 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 Hello, everybody. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, good. My plan is to ride on the sleigh while the servant pulls it. Oh. Oh. Yes. So the way I see it, the servant is gigantic, abnormally large, and inappropriately formed. And so, as a lesser being, should pull the sleigh while my sisters and I and my brother sit on it. <laughs> and occasionally whack her with a whip. Yes, well, that's not exactly what your servant has in mind. She's going to put harnesses on all you palms and have you pull this little sled. And I just wondered how you felt about it. I, I believe I have given my response. That is not going to happen at all. We are going to turn the tables on the stupid servant. And we're going to have her pull us around on a little sleigh. Yeah, uh-huh. I I don't see that happening, Hetty, because really, um, really huh. one reason being <laughs> <laughs> that you are considerably smaller than the servant, which means that you can be picked up, put in a harness, and attached to a sleigh, and all you can do is bark. So there. Oh, right, oh you're going to make her so mad. <laughs> if I just take a moment, when have I ever done anything I didn't want to do? Well, I think that's a very good <laughs> That is a very good never, point. Actually. I think that I, I, and I don't... if you would take a second moment, when has my sister ever done anything she didn't want to do? Well, but I've been able to corral both of you out of the house when you didn't want to go out. So I know As it can I be done. that took you quite some time. And my little friend Mustard Seed is a super badass, and she <laughs> totally refuses to even wear a collar or a harness of any kind. She just goes totally Gandhi if you put it on her. <laughs> and totally Gandhi means meditating? She down and re- no, she lies down and refuses to move. <laughs> oh, that's true. Peas Blossom would probably volunteer to pull a sleigh, but we're not going to ask her, are we? Well, I think it would be, I mean, you guys were originally bred to, you know, work. Yes, I know, <laughs> but we evolved. You My evolved. My could do it. Maybe yes. the brother could be hitched up to the sleigh and wear little antlers and then pull us for a Christmas card. That would be hysterical. Yes, it would. You could all be in little Santa Claus outfits or elf outfits. Well, everybody but mustard seed because you can't get her into an elf outfit. But the rest of us could certainly do it. <laughs> 
Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the adventures of getting you guys in a sleigh with your brother pulling yeah, it this- and and a photo op. Because I think that be would be a good totally. use of my brother. I I think it it'd be an excellent use of your human's patience. Thanks, Hetty. Bye, everybody. Bye, Hedwig. Bye, Hetty. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we're now at the breed of the show section of our program, and I have chosen to do hamsters. And I have to tell you, I had hamsters and gerbils when I was younger, but there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know, and it makes sense now. So I'd like to share that. Hamsters are actually from the rodent family. There are 19 different species, about 19 different species, but there are three that are the ones that we kind of see as, as pets. One's called a winter dwarf, a Campbell dwarf, a golden or a Syrian dwarf. But, and again, there, it is important to know which type you're getting when you, when you decide to bring them home, if you, you know, for when you have, if you need to bring them to a vet or or whatever, it, apparently that's a it's it's important to n- to know which breed there is. An interesting um, fact that again, and I'm not sure how valid this is, but I thought it was interesting. It's but it said that they originally started the breeding like a, a specifically for hamsters in 1939, and almost every entire pet population can stem from an uh, the original brother and sister pairing. Thought that was kind of an interesting. Wow. Tip. Yeah, I mean, if you think about that, that's pretty cool. So some just some facts about them. They are nocturnal. So if you're considering them as a pet, they're going to be up early. Or yeah, well, I mean, they'll be, they'll be up at night actually. Sorry for <laughs> that. I'm sorry, I said yeah. it totally wrong. It's like they'll be up early. No, wait, I'm up early. You're going to be wanting to go stay asleep. They're actually omnivores. They can completely exist on a commercial hamster food diet, but it's always best to supplement them with some vegetables and fruits and seeds and whatnot. And you should definitely contact your vet or if you go to, you know, a pet store that has different foods, they can also direct you with that. One little interesting sideline is it's not always easy to find hamster vets. So that's something, you know, you may want to consider when you're considering them as a, a part of your family. This is going to make a lot of sense. They have actually quite poor eyesight, which means that they can um, become afraid quickly and which will result in them biting. And I don't know if you guys grew up with hamsters and gerbils and whatnot, but I was always told that gerbils were supposed to be a better pet because they didn't bite as much, which is apparently from my research is very true is that, you know, a hamster can really, you know, they, they've got some pretty sharp teeth and they can, they tend, they will draw blood. Um, but it, it stems from them not being able to see so well. So therefore they're frightened. So that's just something to consider in your, you know, in adding them to your phone, your, your phone, to your farm, to your, oh my gosh, to your farm, to your house, to your home, to your home, to your home. I'm adding a hamster to my phone. This is going to be a new trend. And then your farm and then your home. Okay. So other cute little tidbits. They are food hoarders, so they if you they can actually double the size of their heads by putting food in their cheeks, which is <laughs> kind of cute. 
they do this because in the wild, they, in the autumn, they tend to um, lose weight. I guess when that's when food becomes a little bit more sparse. I don't know if they do that in captivity, but they still will go through the, you know, putting them in their cheeks. You guys have seen them do that. The hamsters and when they chipmunks. put on the food in their cheeks, they get really big. They're so cute. Yeah. Chipmunks. That's kind of cute. Their main, they're, now this is interesting. They're mainly very solitary and they really do not want company. There are some of the species that do better having a sibling with them, but most of them don't want a companion. It can end up not well for one of the hamsters. So it's best to just have one by themselves um, for it to be a successful consideration. In the wild, do they um, not live in colonies like a prairie dog? No. Or- not, not that I saw. No, they are very, I mean, obviously during breeding time, they are together, but they, um, as I think we all know, they can be kind of, they can be kind of volatile. I mean, a lot of times when they, again, this goes back to hamsters, not so much like gerbils, but because they don't see well, if they get startled, a lot of times the, the mothers eat their young. And that's like, I, that was always my big thing. Um, I never got a hamster. I always like wanted gerbils because they were supposed to be better, but apparently gerbils do the same thing. But um, yeah, they, they'll, they'll stay together when they're breeding. Um, and that's kind of it. Wow. Um, but now there was, there's a couple species. There's one species and I can't remember what they called it of, of them that they can do well t- together. But again, it's like absolutely no guarantee that they're getting a fight and, you know, take one out. Some good things are they're excellent diggers. So when you, you know, have them in your home, they make these cute little, you know, burrows where they will have like different, you know, ways in and out and they'll have like a little chamber for their food or a little chamber where they sleep and that they kind of fluff it up with the different bedding and stuff. It's kind of cute to see that. When you said they're good diggers, I had this image of like a hamster army of going out in the garden and digging. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know. But keep, but think about it, Tigger. What I said prior to that is they don't play well with others. So it would, it would be one sole hamster going out. Okay. So think about that. Okay. This is kind of shocking. Some of the species are actually fertile by five to six weeks. So, Whoa. wow. And they can have, I think, like 18. I forgot, I forgot how many times they said they, they can be like fertile, but. It's like, yeah, you want to be real careful with that. Their gestation period is 18 to 21 days, and they can and they call them pups Whoa. when they actually deliver. They're called pups. So, But as far as pets, apparently they're extremely clean, so they tend to just, like, use the bathroom in, like, one corner. So if you are somebody that is, like, super sensitive to smells and stuff, they could be a, a great pet to consider because they they really don't they're they're not very messy they're very clean and they don't need a very large like aquarium it always needs to be well vented or whatever you decide to put them there's different types of you know cages that you can put them in but they're really super easy to clean which is nice and they the the, the good thing is is they don't because they don't smell a lot and they don't they really just need a modest size cage it would probably be a decent you know, consideration for like somebody in an apartment. So they come in a variety of different colors. So there's different, like, you know, you know, fun things to do. They're not, you can teach them to be held in your hand, 
but again, you always have to have the consideration that they, because they can't see great, that they're, they, they will consider fighting, but they can be, they can be tame enough. But I think the biggest joy with them is that when you, you know, supplement their um, feeding program outside of like the commercial food that you can give them, they're just fun to watch and they, their cheeks get really big and there's a variety of different colors. So they really can be a fun little pet to have in your home as long as you don't consider having more than one. <laughs> yeah, it goes, it goes bad when you have two hamsters, people. I've experienced this it firsthand. Does, it does, yeah. One hamster. Oh, you have? Yes, I've experienced this. Hamsters like to be alone. I'm sorry, they just do. They do. And they prove that by beating the crap out of the other one. That's but, right. Um, and ham, hamsters, can, but, hamsters can die of nothing, too. That's Whoa. the other thing. That they, 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 can, they can. You just, just walk. Yeah. You just open up the the take the cloth off the top of the the aquarium one day, and there he is upside down. They can die of nothing. Yeah. So just yeah. Be, be forewarned. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they're yeah they're not for the they're not for the faint hearted. But again, they come in like lots of nice colors. <laughs> they do come in cute little colors. <laughs> and yeah, they come in nice lots of nice. Colors. I always was like, I always wanted. I think there's like a kind of a rare panda one or something that looks somewhat like a panda. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'd love to have one like that. But they're like very few and far between, but that's when I was younger. That's what I wanted was to try to get one like that. But, but anyway, they could be a great pet as long as you keep them alone and don't hold them. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Now we, we know lots more about adorable hamsters. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and the topic today is the next generation of equine probiotics. They're from Biostar, and it's called Symbiota. Soil research over the past 50 years has provided us with a profound understanding of how important healthy soil is for the long-term health of animals, humans, and plants. Yet maintaining healthy soil or rehabilitating tired, compacted, overgrazed, acidic soil takes time. It's an ongoing process which cannot be accomplished in one growing season. As frustrated as we might be when our freshly bathed horse seeks out a nice patch of dirt to roll in, our horses intrinsically know that dirt is good for them. Not only does it feel good to get down and roll, the soil microbes and bacteria can attach themselves to the epidermal layer, the largest organ of the body. When horses eat grass, their noses and lips come in contact with the soil microbes and the humic and the humic and fulvic acids. When they spend hours and hours grazing, they are absorbing these important probiotics and nutritional factors. Healthy soil is a key to healthy plants, healthy food, healthy animals, and healthy humans. Healthy soil is composed of bacteria, fungi, humic and fulvic acids. Healthy soil for pastures and backyards ranges from a pH of 6 to a pH of seven. Horses grazing on healthy soil get a variety of the soil microorganisms, the fungi, and the fulvic acids. Horses have been dining on healthy soil components for thousands of years. One of the challenges horses face in modern times is the lack of healthy soil in pastures. In a Zoom webinar on soil that Biostar hosted, we were all reminded that building healthy soil takes time. What are healthy soil components at work? Soil-based microorganisms and fungi work as probiotics and prebiotics in the horse's GI tract. Some of these microorganisms can reduce an overpopulation of pathogenic 
bacteria in the gut. Soil-based organisms are not sensitive to gastric pH or acid, so they're able to survive intact in the small intestine and colon. Humic and fulvic acids from reed, sedge, peat provide important components of healthy soil and support nutrient absorption in the small intestine of horses. Fulvic acids are important for the healthy functioning of GI tract tight junctions. These tight junctions form a barrier, preventing pro-inflammatory molecules and pathogens from the mucosal tissues and circulatory system. Common infiltration of the intestinal wall is known as inflammatory bowel disease. Shaga mushrooms, used for centuries in traditional Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine, provide the fungi in healthy soil. These, these mushrooms have adaptogenic qualities, which help manage stress and support homeostasis. Shaga is a rich source of beta-glucans, which can support the immune system and protect gut mucosa. This is important for horses with ulcer sensitivities. Symbiota EQ is a liquid probiotic for horses that mimics healthy soil. This probiotic supplement is especially important for horses who are competing, horses that spend less than six to eight hours per day grazing, horses who live on dry lots, horses whose pastures are overgrazed, and during winter when there is no fresh forage available. Symbiot EQ is especially beneficial for horses with allergies because it provides both GI tract support and immune support. And because it's a fast-acting liquid, it does not need refrigeration and can be given daily or is needed. Symbiota is available now from Biostar EQ. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So here we are at Coffee Clatch. And I thought it would be fun to ask if your dog or horse was a fashionista, what would he or she wear? Would it be couture, designer, or more relaxed like Old Navy? You know, what style of clothing best suits your horse or dog's personality? Well, to begin with, I would say most of my Aussies are Patagonia guys. (laughs) But... Crockett, one of my boys, is definitely more of a Gucci, Prada, Dolce & Gabbana guy. He would like to be in a really nice suit. And yeah, he would he would be a runway kind of guy. <laughs> Buckaroo would, you know, definitely be the beachcomber kind of jams. 
that he got from a church basement sale and <laughs> um, a torn T-shirt. And Wookie would be in the latest snowboard fashion, however hip-hoppy that would be. Droopy drawers, you know, a very loose top for snowboarding. That would be her her style. And she would probably, you know, have some kind of statement T-shirt underneath her snow gear. So that that would be Wookie. She you would not find her in Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Patty? Well, it's funny because I don't think any of my dogs are my my dogs would not be any kosher. My 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 cat, my one cat would be um, definitely. Well, actually, um, Fupa is is her name, and she she would just she just wants everything princess. Like she, she is just, she thinks she's, she thinks she should be dripping in diamonds. She just is absolutely positively like, and I don't think she would wear clothes. She would just wear diamonds. So, um, we weren't <laughs> a tiara. talking about cats, but she, a tiara. Yeah, yeah, she just is. Yes, absolutely. Big rings, the bigger, the better. And, and she would do caviar type of thing. That's just pretty much what she's like. Oh, and Tiffany. She'd definitely be dripped in. Yeah, right. Yes, that's probably yeah. So Tiffany's, yeah, I would. Yeah, but she wouldn't have any clothes on. She would just be all about the diamonds (laughs) because she thinks she's that attractive. (laughs) Catch. How about the dog? My one Aussie. Well, Catch uh, would definitely be like Orvis or Cabela's because he's he's all about you know being outside. He's a hiking kind of guy. He's got you know his and 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 Burke for sure is to to a certain extent the same thing. But Catch is really all about it. Got. Baseball cap on backwards, you know. I'm kind of like I'm, I'm hiking, you know. I've got good hiking shoes on. I've got the right type of shorts on. I'm like, you know, I'm always like, you know, going to the left one. So he's definitely an outdoors and a little sporty too. But like, he's definitely, you know, I want all the good stuff from the good stores, the outdoor stores. <laughs> right. Gavin, my my yeah, Gavin, my old my older border terrier is Walmart the whole way. <laughs> he he. he, he he is, he just doesn't, he just wants it to be on him. He doesn't care what it looks like. He doesn't want to spend a lot of money. He wants to be comfortable. You know, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. So he's a Walmart type of guy, but you know, he's got a little sense of fashion, but he really doesn't care. How about Angus, the my one yeah. Frenchie. So Ang- Angus, my Frenchie, my one Frenchie is he's extraordinarily practical, uh, but he's very dapper. So he, but he would, he would be target. He'd be more of a target type of guy because he doesn't want to spend a lot of money, but he still has good, he has still good, you know, fashion sense. So, so no, no wearing plaids and stripes. <clears throat> no, no, he's very practical. He could, he could be found wearing a bow tie, you know, at, at, at occasionally, but he's just, um, he's very practical. He doesn't want to spend a lot of money, but he still wants to look good. So that's, that's pretty much, that's my lineup. How about you, Jen? Um, Nigel would like to dress from Orvis. Ah. Yes. Good he, taste. Yeah, he's he, Canadian Mountie kind of a feel is is or is his <laughs> style. But his budget really doesn't go past Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. So he's going to shop the sales. Okay. <laughs> And Practical. he's big and tall, so he can find things on the closeout rack. <laughs> ah. Now, how about Scooter? 
Scooter would definitely be shopping. He would go to New York and go to the hoity-toity boutique stores. The ones where there's the little shop person comes in and they take things off the rack for you. Yes. Now, he wouldn't get custom clothing. He wouldn't okay. go and get measured. He would buy off the rack. But he would have to go to Rodeo Drive to do it. Yeah. So he wants the service. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's all about the service. He wants to be pampered. He wants to be oh, given a little glass of champagne. Yeah, he shop with Fupa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could shop with Fupa. And, he needs and to shop with Fupa. Crockett would join but, you know, because Crockett likes yeah. the Dulce and Gucci and I mean, he would he would he would see a Gucci sign and he would just turn himself inside out. Yeah. You know, have to get into that store. That's funny. Oh, that's so funny. So if you've got if you've got a fashionista in your house that's four legs or <laughs> one that's out in the barn that's four legs, let us know. Send us a postcard at Biostar US 1 Cleveland Street. Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>